when you can't get close to the mic, our mics get close to you. Um, am I close enough? Uh, do it. Do it again. Hey, I'm close to the mic. Mic check one, two, three, four, five. Okay. Just getting back into the groove because it's been so long. We haven't done this in a while. Um, I mean, so we're we're kind of sorry. Well, first of all, who are you? I'm Patrick. I'm Francesca. And this is last name basis. <laughs> Damn, you are rusty. Usually you do it. I know, but it makes more sense if, you know, after the person says it. Damn, it's been a long time. I'm going to write this in the notes for you <laughs> okay. so that you remember how what this. What makes you think I need notes? Okay. Okay, Liz, don't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> but we are really, really sorry. We know it's been like for this probably our longest break yet. Yeah, a little, like a month and a half. No, two months almost. I think it's more than that. Somebody gave us a countdown like down to the second from when we posted the last last name basis. Okay, well, we're adding a new corner to our show called the Apology Corner. And this is where we will apologize for stuff we have not done. We've decided we apologize so regularly for being late with this podcast that we might as well just make it one of our corners. Yeah, just put it into the show. This is this is how you take um, a negative and turn it into a positive. This is good TV is what it is. Yeah, it's great TV. If you could see us in this corner. <laughs> we and are, how sorry we look. Yes, and we are, we are squished in here. It is very uncomfortable for us. It is a corner that we don't <laughs> like to frequent, but somehow we always end up in here. Um, I'm going to decorate, actually. <laughs> we'll be here for a while. Yeah, we'll be here very Can regularly. we get an Apology Corner song? Like, what, what does that sound? It's got to be, like, slow and low and not like Beastie Boys slow and low, though. Like, <laughs> s- like actually slow and low. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I got um, to get warmed you up. Warm up those pipes. All right, you ready for this apology song? <laughs> you ready? Okay, yes. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm no, sorry. no, 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 no. You're not doing this. You're not doing this. <laughs> That's like the opposite. <laughs> it's not as... The song is actually saying, I'm not sorry. <laughs> okay, so that is that's that is not the direction that we want to go in. I don't know, but I, I feel... I'll minute... do it. I'll do it. Okay, go for it. We apologize to you. Oh my God! What was that? This guy puts a like, uh, like I don't know, like tuba underneath it or something. It'll sound sorry as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the way that you intended, but yes, that theme song will be sorry. Well, as you want to give us something better? Go for it. Okay. A song that doesn't already exist. Yes. Okay. I'm really... one that wasn't already written. Okay. <laughs> also, one that suggests we're actually sorry. Please. We're so sorry, we fucked up, we fucked up. We're so sorry, we fucked up. And we want to apologize to you. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to, like, do some, you know, I I was trying not to go super slow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Uh, I just felt like your song was so sorry. It was really fucking sorry, though, wasn't it? Did it not express, like, deep guilt? You're not understanding the kind of sorry that I'm using. Sorry as in, like, ooh, that was sorry. Like, not good. Is it yeah, bad? But did it sound in, also apologetic? Not pleasing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Patrick. We already did this. Yeah, we're doing it again because this is, a, you're rusty. You forget that we do that after we talk for a little bit and then we do our intro song and then we talk about other stuff. Oh my God. Just do it. You need to, you're back in the apology Just corner. Say you it. need to get your ass back in the apology corner. In- introduce yourself. I'm Patrick. I'm Francesca. And this is Last Name Basis. Three, four corners in a triangle. Why we'll keep it 100 tie optional. With a chest from my dad's to acting on the screen. You know who it is, man, it's Chesca Lee. He's a lawyer, she's an activist. And you're tuning to them live. This is Last Name Basis. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So, Patrick, do you want to talk about, um, why we were gone? I honestly, I don't know what happened in June. I mean, we were busy. I'm sure, but I'm sure. <laughs> I don't really remember June, <laughs> but I'm sure we have an excuse there somewhere. I traveled a little bit. This when I went to Cannes. Uh huh. Oh right, yeah, you went to Cannes. I did go to Cannes. Not for the film festival though. No, I went for, for the, the advertising festival for the Cannes Lions Festival, which is part of the Cannes Film Festival. It's like the advertising portion where it's they the like, portion without the films. 
commercials. Yeah. They have some commercials, <laughs> like little mini films for products. I told everyone you were going to the Cannes Film Festival, and they said to me, I think that already happened, dude. And I was like, no, no, no. She's there now. She's there right now at yeah, the film I festival. Yeah, I was not at the film festival. I was at the Cannes Lions <laughs> Festival, which is, again, a branch of it. Um, that wasn't the whole month of June, but it was a, it was a significant chunk. I think I was there for like five or six days. Um, that's the only thing I can think of to um, to blame for my absence in June. But I know that like we were busy. But then in July, Patrick was sick. I was really sick. So like really really ill. At first they thought I had meningitis, and then ultimately they determined that I had Lyme disease. So right. I've been struggling with that, and now you feel really shitty for making us apologize oh, for all of this. Oh, you feel real bad about those shady-ass gifts you were sending us. <laughs> Ask him what the fuck we were. Oh. Yeah, Patrick I actually had, like, a health issue and was, like, poor guy. It was had terrible fever and was, like, sweating and... Then he was cold, and then he had like rashes all over. He had—he looked like you know what? You looked like a puppy. You had a big rash around your eye. <laughs> I did. Like you, you, you were you know a think, mess. I don't think that's a good thing. I don't think I don't think puppies are supposed to look like that either. No, I'm talking about like when a puppy has like a little spot on its face. Oh, people are have... just gonna be like, you pretty much neglect your dogs then. So that's no, good. no, no, no. Not like a you know what I mean? Like when like. The puppy's eye has like a big white circle around it. Gotcha. That was you, except for it was a rash. Except it and was, I was like, <laughs> except it was a very dangerous disease. Yeah, I mean, not one that's contagious, thank goodness. But um, yeah, Patrick went camping for Fourth of July, which uh, another like, excuse. Well, What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Patrick went camping for Fourth of July. Can I talk? I can't. Patrick went camping for Fourth of July, and. You know me. I don't do the woods. I just don't. And and um, I didn't go. And you went. And then we thought you were fine. And then you got sick. And then we went through, like, asking doctors to figure it out, what's going on. Because apparently doctors just don't like to test for Lyme disease. I feel like they don't think it's real. Even when I asked for the Lyme test, they were like, yeah, you don't really need it. You don't have Lyme disease. You're probably fine. And, and then that same doctor called me back and said, with the test results, and said, yeah, you definitely have Lyme disease. No, no, no. First, they said, half of the test says you have Lyme disease. The other half is inconclusive, so we're not really sure. And then, like, an hour later, they called back. They were like, oh, yeah, 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 you have Lyme. Like, what, what the <laughs> hell were you guys doing with the test? <laughs> they were, I feel like they, they had no idea. They had no fucking clue. Oh, my God. They were just the most useless doctors ever. And I just want to be like, okay, so just, like, put this in your pocket for the next guy that comes in and says, hey, I have symptoms of Lyme disease. You know what I mean? Like, you should be thinking about this. I know. I think that doctors are just salty that, like, WebMD is doing their job. And so all these people are coming in, like, diagnosing themselves. Like, I'm sure that that's frustrating. And there are a lot of people that come in that don't know what they're talking about. But isn't the customer always right in the sense that if you want this test... I mean, they're, you're going to have to pay for it anyway. So, like, why don't they just... Why no don't they, one is going to miss out on their like, bills. Why don't you give me the test that I'm asking for? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I have I, I have an acquaintance who has Lyme disease, and they have gone to so many doctors trying to get diagnosed, like, not knowing, not knowing it was Lyme disease. But they had gone to so many doctors, and no one could tell them what it was. And then when they thought that it could be Lyme, they had the same problem where they were asking multiple doctors to test them and no one would. And then come to find out, it was Lyme disease the entire time. My God. I know, that was a riveting story. <laughs> Thank you for that, Brad. It was kind of like what happened to you, but stretched out. <laughs> yeah, just just longer. And with someone else that wasn't you. Someone we don't know. Yeah. Or I, care about. I mean, I know who they oh, are. Oh, you know them. Um, yeah, I, I did start the story by saying, well, you're kind of an acquaintance also. The story honestly, know me too. <laughs> the story honestly could have been about you. Um, so that's why uh, we were gone last month. But Patrick has made um, an almost 100% recovery. I'm pretty close. I'm on the heaviest antibiotics that they would give me. I know. All of the symptoms, all of the side effects were like, don't go outside, don't breathe, don't lay down, don't stand up. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> You're not allowed to do anything. So I know. Especially see the sun. That, that was what the one doctor who gave me these antibiotics said. They said, they said, you really can't see the sun on this. I was like, what the fuck is this? You're like, like we just started dating, and now we can't even see each other anymore? 
you know, see like see the sun, like. Ooh. Okay, Ooh. I was trying something. Back in the apology corner. <laughs> <laughs> I fucked up. <laughs> I wanna apologize to you. Ooh. <laughs> oh, see. Ooh. Oh, baby, you are just you are rusty. You called me rusty, I'm and not, you are the rustiest. I'm not rusty. I was trying something different. I was going for a more dissident apology song. A shittier one. Dissident. <laughs> dissonant. Dis- dis- dissonant. I don't. Is that the word? Dissonant, like out of, out of, out of key. Yeah, like the keys are like. So a shitty one. You were going for a shitty one. <laughs> no, not shitty. I was. Go- that was the style that I was doing. The apology was shitty. Song. It was the shitty style. Whatever. Yours was really sorry. I apologize to you. So we are just coming off of uh, two weeks where Patrick was sick, and I felt sick because I was forced to watch the Republican National Convention and the Democratic National Convention. And before we jump into this, we should probably also apologize for having to talk about this. We kind of have to because it's a pretty big deal. It was such a shit show, we can't not talk about it. But we're also sorry for subjecting you to more of this because you probably had more than enough. No, there's a lot of people who didn't watch it. I was live tweeting and I had lots of people saying, like, I'm really glad you're tweeting it because I refuse to watch this. Oh, God, they are so lucky and, and I so don't smart. blame them because, first of all, they were so long. I thought this shit would be wrapped up at 10 o'clock. These things were going on until 1130 midnight. Mm -hmm. Like people have jobs. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like who the hell is supposed to stand not only stay up and watch this, but like listen to long speeches. And in the case of the RNC, I felt it was just like a propaganda machine. It absolutely was. Of fear mongering and just like bashing everybody and 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 saying shit about Hillary Clinton, which we'll talk about that. But I'm not some big Hillary Clinton fan. But it was so over the top of them being like, "Lock her up. We hate her. She killed my son." And it's just like, "Oh my god, can you talk about some policy, some things that you actually plan on doing?" No, they can't. They literally can't, and that's why they don't. Right. So they the two were so different. Um, I had to watch them for work. What was your favorite part of the Republican National Convention? Oh, oh, the guy who looked like a Scooby-Doo villain? The one who was like... So many of them look like Scooby-Doo the villains. The one who was like Donald you. Trump's best friend, who I guess is like a, a casino tycoon. That he had like a really bad tan, which I guess maybe you have to have a bad tan to be like that's friends with Donald get, Trump. That's how you get close to Donald. Or if you stay close to Donald for too long, his, that's <laughs> like that's what you get. Like Eventually you slowly just, like, darken. Eventually spray him with the tanner and like you just get the Maybe residuals. that's it. Maybe he's just in the room when he's being sprayed. That's really gross. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he was really gross. He looked like an orange lizard of some sort. And then he had these big glasses on that he refused to take off, which is just like... So professional. You're speaking in front of like millions of people and you can't even be bothered to take your sunglasses off. This man off. couldn't even take off his, his Vegas casino sunglasses. No. It, it was, was bizarre as shit. And he just got up there and he was like, yeah, you know, me and Donald, we made a lot of money together. We made a lot of money. And he's just like, uh, and where is the presidential endorsement in here? Like, I'm just hearing you say money, money money all that guy did was talk about how they invested in some hotels and made a bunch of money off it that was that was all he said and he didn't even have a speech prepared he literally seemed like he just walked up there and said yeah so uh i know donald trump and uh we invested in these hotels and you know we got really rich we got <laughs> re- and he said it just like that we got really really rich we so got you have paid. no fucking idea how much money i have it was just really and creepy then just, and gross. and then he just wrapped it up with anyway uh you should vote for trump <laughs> i was like he represented one type of character at this thing which is somebody who just seems like they just kind of wandered onto the stage spewing some random story about nothing at all and then they just kind of walked back off stage and we saw a bunch of people like that who got up there and just seemed to just kind of like, have no idea why they were there. Have nothing to say about Donald Trump except I know him and I made some money. What was your favorite part of the RNC? Oh man, I liked I liked the you know I liked the fact that they seemed to turn themselves all into victims. You know they <laughs> they they took these pretty much like the uneducated or lesser educated white America and turned themselves into these massive victims. They could take anything, anything at all, and just. T- Twisted around until until it was like turned around and they were back to being like 
the thing like that, in danger. Like that lady from Florida, which, of course, they're always from Florida, that got up there and she was talking about how she started a small business because she was like a single, she was like a stay-at-home mom and she went to her high school reunion and she felt so fat seeing all of her friends there. She had gained 30 pounds and that was the minute she decided she had to invest in the American dream and like start her business. It was like, girl, how is this inspiring me? Like you went to your high school reunion and that inspired you to start your own business because you were fat and, and the girls that you went to high school with were in great shape. So like that, that inspired you and now Donald Trump helped you. Like, it was so riveting. weird. It was it, fucking riveting. It, it just really no inspirational. And now I've started my own business. Actually, the headlines that followed her speech were all things like, she pushes diet like fake diet pills. Oh yeah, she she has like a she has like a pyramid scheme. Yes, so she, her American dream is is mooching off of other people, which makes her perfect for the Republican National Convention and supporting Trump. Yeah, I mean she's a snake oil salesman, kind of like her nominee for president. It's just it's just bizarre, like the weird shit that people would get up there and say. It was wild and um, and a real blast. And no, 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 wait. Here's my favorite part of the Na uh, Republican National Convention. Their effort to court the LGBT community. Oh, my God. Out of nowhere, like out of absolutely nowhere. It was, People are up there uh, saying, we need to support our LGBT community. They listen, had no idea what they were talking about. The words were actually foreign to their mouths. Donald could not get LGBTQ. It, he was reading it off the teleprompter. We have to put the clip in here of him saying it because it's so funny and cringeworthy. And I just don't understand where they get off pretending as if they give any fucks about that community. Right. He got up there and, you know, tried to give a shout out to Orlando. But he was like, we're going to protect, you know, what happened in Orlando was, you know, an Islamic terrorist. And we need to do everything we can to protect our LGBT. BTQ <laughs> community from hateful foreign ideologies abroad. And like everyone cheered, but it was like everyone was cheering for like hateful ideologies right. abroad. You like, knew they were not cheering for come together with our gay brothers and sisters. No, not at all. And it's literally just a chance to be like, over there they treat those people bad, which is all like, right. uh, uh, well, all right here. Yeah. What about you guys? What about you? Because <laughs> even Ted Cruz got up there and tried to act like he was so supportive of, he was like, it doesn't matter who you are, if you're gay or you're straight, like you can be who you want. And it's like, um, Ted Cruz, you definitely tried to cancel the pride parade you you absolutely <laughs> like not even just like same-sex marriage which is a whole nother thing like this motherfucker was like y'all can't be prideful y'all can't be on a float i don't want to see you i don't want no flags i don't want no confetti like get the fuck out of here you are not allowed to walk down. like how how can you get on a stage and say that you support everyone's rights and then you say I, you don't you aren't allowed to have a parade. Like, not even just like basic human rights. Like, I don't want you to be happy about who you are in a public place. Like, that <laughs> makes me uncomfortable. That is, that is so wild. Like, seriously, fuck Ted Cruz. <laughs> fuck him. Everybody on that stage was cringeworthy. It was a joke, man. It was really like anybody could get up there. Zero qualifications. They had an oil tycoon up there. Oh my God. An oil tycoon came up there and literally said, you know what we could do? We could tap all of the oil in the United States. We need to open up all these oil fields. And people didn't know what to think about that. The they audience were like, was, they were like clapping, but they were like, oh. they were a little confused. Can and you go back to hating on Hillary, please? Yeah, they're like, let's keep it clear, guys. We hate ISIS. <laughs> And we hate Hillary. Can we just stick to that? Because we can get behind that. The rest of this shit, we don't know what you're talking about. And we've never heard of you. Uh, but but he actually said, let's just drill for oil everywhere in the United States that we can. And then he ended with, you know, so uh, vote for Trump. And everyone went wild. Well, I think that the thing that we realize the most out of that convention is Donald Trump like doesn't really have a lot of like influential people supporting him. They had fucking Scott Bayo. Like No, they had a fucking open mic is what they had. <laughs> they anybody want to do five minutes? <laughs> and can anybody do can anybody do a strong ten? I swear to God, the oil tycoon was like, I'm getting the light guys. 
I'm getting the light. So uh, thank you so much for your time. Vote for Trump. He's like, so I'm divorced. And uh, like, <laughs> it was it was just such bizarre nonsense going on up there. It was like a poetry slam. It was like a fucking poetry slam. It was like anybody could get up there and say anything, and it didn't matter that it made sense or um, or no, even poetic. Yeah, no, it was all bad. It was the worst. In fact, I like the idea of Republican poetry slam. Like, yeah. that sounds amazing to me. <laughs> I think I, I'm going to try to make something for that. I, um, I think that I would watch... I would be more inclined to watch a Republican poetry slam than actually listen to anything any of those people at the convention had to say, even though, well, tech, I was forced to listen to it. I think if we just put, like, snapping fingers underneath the Republican National Convention and maybe like a little like uh, like a, I don't know like a, a little bass beat or something yeah yeah and then just cut it up so that it's a little more rhythmic you know like just put spaces so it sounds like they're in some sort of like it's like killery <laughs> kill a re yes. snap snap, snap. <laughs> lock her up lock her down <laughs> USA USA well that was a that was fucking good. Get me on some. <laughs> yeah. Get me on some Republican National Poetry Slam. Yes. Oh my God. Just get me a fucking uh, red, white, and blue uh, beret. Oh, there you go, man. The Democratic National Convention was um, was a stark contrast to the Republican National Convention. Yeah, you know, I saw a lot of um, pieces from Republicans who are like not on the Trump train who were remarking how much the DNC felt like what the RNC used to be because it was I saw that very too, yeah. pro-America, stronger together. We live in a great country. And even like, you know, they were they did shout USA at the RNC, but at the RNC it felt like, USA, we are the best. <laughs> at the DNC it was like, USA, USA, we love each other. Let's all hug. And it was just very like positive. It was far more positive for sure. It was also far more intelligent. They did their own, you know, they- They, they had their cringeworthy moments for sure. Oh Katie Perry, yes. I'm looking directly the fuck at <laughs> you. <laughs> what was she there for? She's a big Hillary She was support. there for $70,000. That's what I read she so, got paid for that. Yeah, well, how, how, how <laughs> nice must it be to get 75, ugh, how must, what? <laughs> how nice must it be to get $70,000 and not get a one note in tune. Homegirl sounded a hot <laughs> ass mess. God, that was so painful. It was bad. I, you know what? I hate it when celebrities come out to endorse um, candidates. I, I think it's bad. Well, it's DNC best, was a was a slew of celebrities. I know, and that's what made it. Feel, I was like, you could have felt more reasonable, especially compared to the RNC, if you had kept a lot of that shit out. And and there was a lot of like tokenism we're clearly trying to grab these voters and I, I respect it in terms of the politics of it in terms of you want those voters you think you can get them like you can court them away from trump someone's like oh my god chloe moranitz is here you got my vote <laughs> fuck trump <laughs> <laughs> i used to love trump but now i hate trump because that the girl from kick-ass is the here. girl from kick-ass showed up and she was she was pretty terrible she was acting yeah, um, and she, she's not really a great actor, I gotta say. You know what? I've liked her in other stuff. And I like her too. I think she's, you know, she's she's sweet, and she's been a kid in most of her stuff. So you know, you're rooting for her. Well, and this was her first time voting, so I get it. Like, she really wants to be supportive. She's and, the millennial, right? Exactly. She's the millennial voice, and she's also like the like perfect white feminist voice that's all about how like this is a big step for women. Which, yeah, it is. We have like the first. Uh, Democratic female nominee. Like, that is a big deal. But, I mean, there are lots of people who are really championing that as the reason to vote for Hillary, which, you know, full disclosure, I have had a really tough time this election because I'm not really a big fan of hers, but I also realize that I would like, you know, a world where I can actually live and raise children in in the future. And I don't think that's going to happen with Donald Trump in the White House. Yeah. So I'm just like willing to suck it up and, and also realize that like the president is not the be all end all. So like while I might not love Hillary, um, I think that we are going to be far worse if Trump is our president. I think the worst thing about a, a Trump presidency, and yeah, I'm on. I am on the you know let's let's keep Trump out bandwagon because uh, I think at this point he's 
he's so bad. If you want to, you know, if you want to take down, I see a lot of talk about people saying like, well, the two party system is bullshit. They're absolutely right. And yeah. I couldn't agree more. And it does force you into one of two options for the most part. And it maintains itself as that two party, you know, two option system. Um, but I really don't think that this is the best election for doing that. I think you find a more moderate character on both sides. Uh, and then that's when you make that stand. And in the meantime, you spend a lot of time developing a third-party candidate that's and gaining momentum thing. for them. When you have no third-party candidate, no third option with any real chances of winning, to vote for them is really just taking a vote away from somebody you could potentially support. Now, of course, that depends on what state you're in, because in New York, there's probably a lot more support for Hillary, for instance. If I vote for Jill Stein or, or I write in somebody else, Mickey Mouse or something like that, like, <laughs> it's like... You know, it's it's maybe less likely to uh, to be detrimental to uh, to the Hillary campaign, but at the same time, it's just, in my opinion, it's it's just not worth it. And it's not really a fear issue. A lot of people are saying like, oh, fear politics is gonna make you say, oh, I'm so scared of Trump that you know I'm gonna vote for Hillary. Well, you know, there's a little bit of fear there, but in reality, the the logical thing to do, in my opinion, the completely rational thing to do is to keep Trump out of office. And I'll tell you why. Like my short version is this: Trump is clearly a supporter of white supremacy. Oh my he's God. A, David a, Duke is thinking about running for fucking Senate because he's inspired by <laughs> Donald Trump's presidency. The exactly. fucking former leader of the KKK is like, if he can do it, I can do it. Exactly. It really does inflame and encourage um, racists. And I mean, I'm talking like the racists, like the KKK leaders yes. and things like that. So, you know, it does. And he's a misogynist and he's an ableist and he's pretty much done everything like that. The like, quote, progressives stand against and are working against. Every time you think he can't get worse, he just does something worse. And that's what I'm thinking. Like, less than I'm concerned about the, ter the damage he'll do as a president, I'm really concerned the message that he'll send and the safety, the danger he'll put a lot of the population in when he does inflame those sentiments yeah. across the nation. When he calls another leader's dick like small or something, because like yeah. that's the kind of man not that he just, is. Not just the not just the foreign leaders. I'm talking about like the the local Mossad. I'm talking about the men's rights activists here. Yes. I'm talking about the the clan members here. I'm talking about the neo Nazis here. A lot of people talk about how microaggressions relate to actual violence right. against people of color. You know what I mean? Well, if microaggressions translate to actual violence against people of color, then like certainly a president figurehead <laughs> actually like winking and nodding and saying like white beat supremacy. Him up. Beat him up. I'll pay for your legal fees. Saying shit like that is definitely going to translate into into danger for people of color and and in and my, for LGBT folks and for LGBT and for Muslim folks and for women and for Muslim folk and I'm sorry if I'm just reducing oh, yeah, it to people fine. of color but like yeah yes all of that and so you know it, especially me as a white man like I think like that's not my safety and so it's not my safety to Which, gamble with you know what thank fucking God you said that because all of the people that I see being like well you know I guess we'll just let Trump be the president it's like almost always white dudes who are like you know what. I think I'm just going to let the chips fall where they may. And it's like, yeah, you can afford to say that because, yeah. like, your life is not going to change. Your life is not going to be in danger. And I, I, I want to say this because these conversations have gotten so fucking heated, whether it's I'm on the show or just on Twitter. I understand a lot of people don't like Hillary Clinton, and I have no problem acknowledging that she has been really fucked up, whether it was, like, supporting Iraq or, you know, supporting her husband's, like, detrimental crime policies, mm -hmm. the crime bills, the fucking three strikes laws. Granted, yeah, she takes oh she God. takes she takes a lot of heat for that, considering she wasn't the president, but she did campaign in support of those of those policies, and she did say a lot of fucked up things. And she didn't say anything against them until Bernie Sanders forced the issue. Absolutely, and so like that's a positive in the sense that like Bernie Sanders can't like candidacy or or his uh his campaign pushed Hillary to be more progressive on certain issues because like that's what his his supporters really wanted so that is a positive thing but she's not perfect absolutely not she's not flaw free she's not uh for me the ideal first female president like i you know i'm team michelle all the way i would have loved, like after seeing her speak i mean it was just like we uh, Fuck, we we really dropped the ball here. Like <laughs> Michelle should be. I doubt she wants to be the president. I don't think she wants to be the president. I don't fucking blame her. But seriously. But I think 
you know, I would have been super excited about that. But if they were mad about a black man in the White House, they would be pissed as fuck <laughs> for Michelle to be up in there and have yeah. them have their whole family there again another four years. Are you kidding me? Like the art, like the Republicans would just implode. It would be terrible. They would. They would try to secede again. That's but what they would do. <laughs> good. They like, probably would. Every, every once in a while, there's like some group talking about secession. I hope they do. Get the fuck out. Here's the thing. I just wanted to like say, because people got very upset on Twitter when I didn't uh, strongly enough criticize Hillary, even though I've criticized her many a time on fucking television and on Twitter. I don't think that anyone has to be... I'm not here to pressure anybody to voting for anyone. I just think that you have to be informed and be smart about who you're voting for because I just think a Trump presidency is a lot scarier than a, than a Clinton presidency. And I also think, God forbid, knock on wood, Trump becomes our president. The presidency is not the only thing that influences our lives. Like we have to be knowledgeable about who's running a midterm election. So if you really are interested in supporting a third party candidate, you need to do that all like four years, like not just when the general election happens. Like that's how you get a third party candidate to a place that's viable where they can actually run for president. And also making sure like here in New York, we get to vote for our judges. Like that has a really huge impact on the daily lives of people here in New York City is who's actually sitting on that bench. So that's something that you need to be knowledgeable about, not just who's vote, you know, who you're voting for president and Congress too. Like a good Congress can support a really good president and a good Congress can keep a bad president in check. So those are things that we need to make sure that we're fighting for and we are keeping ourselves up to date and knowledgeable about so that we can create change at a lower level and not just from the top down because that takes a lot more work and so that's the encouragement i want to offer to people who maybe really hate hillary clinton and feel like they cannot bring themselves to vote for her like i totally get it i don't want to tell you what to do but there are other ways that you can affect real change that don't involve you compromising your morals if you are really just like there's no fucking way i can do this like i can't support hillary clinton you can support down ticket people that really deserve it absolutely and well said thank Ooh. you for that that was good no I that's just got, i just got the spirit Welcome to the 2016 Republican National Poetry Slam. Support our guns! That's all right, the mayor's truth! Yee fucking ha! Please hold your gunfire till the end of the program. Please welcome your first poet. This man in a chicken hawk suit, right? He's in a chicken hawk suit. It's a goddamn chicken hawk suit. And the chicken hawk, it's late at night. And this man, this man in the chicken hawk suit, he's up on top of a lamppost. And he sees a squirrel down on the ground. Now, he's a man, but he's a hawk. And now his suit has little wings, and he can't fly, but he can sort of glide. He can sort of swoop. And so he swoops down at the squirrel, and he grabs the squirrel, and he starts to eat the squirrel. Well, squirrel man, he looks up at the man, he looks up at the man hawk, and he says, Hey, you're not a hawk, you're a man. You can eat oatmeal, you can eat pizza, you can eat shit like that. But you're not, man, you're eating me. You're eating me instead, and that's fucked up. The man in the chicken hawk suit takes the squirrel out of his mouth and he looks at the squirrel and he says to the squirrel, he says, Hey man, you can see I'm dressed as a chicken hawk. Why can't you respect that? So we took a little break, which I don't think we've done before. You mean in the middle of our podcast? Yeah. I went and got my nails done. You went and got your eyebrows waxed. We're like two I, different people. Yeah, we don't talk about that on the podcast. We've remember? talked about it before. I, I know, but we Everyone, had an agreement. People love your eyebrows. So it's good for them to know that you aren't just naturally blessed, that you actually put time, dedication, and a little financial situation <laughs> behind your brows. <laughs> That means something. What does that mean exactly? It means that you care about yourself enough to invest in, you know. In my eyebrows. Exactly. So that you don't have a unibrow. 
Okay. You turned that one into two. I did. I and did. I love you for it. <laughs> you made the right choice. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it all happened when you got them done for our wedding, and it, like, changed your life. It changed my eyebrows, definitely. Thus your life. <laughs> good eyebrows are essential for a good life. Oh, yeah? Yes. The backbone of a healthy relationship. I believe, having two distinct eyebrows. I believe so. <laughs> they're, they're, they are sisters, not twins. This, did you know that? No, I've never heard that. It means that they're not supposed to look exactly the same. They're supposed to be related. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for all of your beauty tips. Okay, thank you. And the rest of our beauty corner, ready to see my nails? Sure. Aren't they cool? Oh, yeah. They're, uh, let's see. Hold on. <laughs> Patrick doesn't like it when I have big jewels on them. And I said, No, you've got these nasty clusters of like. I love them. They look, they look like, they look like bejeweled. You're you're stunned. You're stunned because they're so cool. No. You can't even form words because you're just like, damn. They look like growths. I know, but they're like. On your nails, but they're they're made of fake diamonds. They're like gold sparkling crystal growths. I would never get that. I would never get that removed. I would be like, dermatologist, don't you fucking touch that. (laughs) I'm keeping all of it because it is flawed. They're like, no, we need to do a biopsy now. (laughs) They're like, that is dangerous. And I'm like, no, it's fly as fuck. Yeah, there's like a pearl in there. There's like some gold sparkle. I love it. But you were trying to tell me this is why I wanted to talk about this on the podcast because <laughs> your response was, "I thought we agreed that you weren't going to do that." I thought we were. We agreed that we would that you would move away from the tumor nails. When yes. did we agree on anything about my beauty regimen? Like, I thought never... we had. I thought we had a talk. I thought we were on the same page here. What? How did this talk go in your mind? Because <laughs> I have never. The talk went, baby. You look like you have really flashy, expensive tumors on your fingers. I and know, you and I like, like that. <laughs> and I was like, and the problem, and, and, oh, thank you. I was like, baby, you are starting the compliments early. And then what happened? And then, and then you were like, yeah, I know. No, uh, what? I won't do it again. That is not what I said. <laughs> like I have literally never said I wouldn't do it again. The Hell last no, time, you didn't. If la- I said so, if I when I say I don't like something, it only strengthens your resolve to do it. There have been times where you like if I wore something and you didn't like it, sometimes it would make me feel bad, and I'd be like, oh, you don't like this thing. I really like it. But it doesn't make me be like, well, I'm going to do it more. Like, if you told me something, for example, wasn't flattering on me, like mm-hmm. a pair of pants or something like that, like, I would take it seriously. And then I would say, oh, shit, maybe he's right. I don't know that these really fit me the right not way. Not the cancer nails. They're not cancer nails. You draw nails. the line. <laughs> I the love line. them. You draw the line at the cancer nails. I think that they are so fantastic. I just like that they're like, I just think that they walk that line of like trashy and classy. They're like. Class, I don't know, but classy and trashy, when you put them together, it just says classy. Clashy. <laughs> clashy. Yes. Oh, so clashy. You already know. Fun. <laughs> I'm sorry. I went it, during this break, in addition to getting my eyebrows waxed, I went to a meditation seminar. Oh, and now you so, come back and I'm just like yeah. screaming at you? <laughs> yes. We have such different... I was like, I was kind of fired up about the RNC. Now I'm like, you know what? If everybody just takes a step back and breathes in through their nose, imagine white light in through your nostrils. We should do this more often. And imagine breathing out black smoke. Why does the smoke have to be black? It could, why, why can't it be breathe in white light, breathe out white light? Don't know. Because yeah. you're, you're getting rid of like the toxins, which are black smoke. And the good stuff is all white light. Mm. You know, it's questionable. And actually, now that I think about it, the uh, the white robe of purification seemed a little much too. Mm. As did the pointy cap of enlightenment. <laughs> Baby, I think I think I went to a Trump rally. Oh my God! Sounds like you did. <laughs> You're like, why are we chanting? Like the chants were like, lock her up, lock her up, instead of like actually like doing like ohms and stuff. Yeah, babe, don't go back to that place ever again. <laughs> Um, so last night we went to a birthday party and I was really proud of myself because I made a little cocktail and I think that this should become part of our show where we have a little tasting corner. Okay. You made a single cocktail 
and Wait, now it's going to be part of our show. I'm sorry. Okay, you know what's so fucked up, Patrick, is last night you were like, baby, I'm really proud of you. This I was, was so really good. Proud. And like, you were so <laughs> you nice. Went right to your and head. Soon, first of all, I was really, I slaved you over. You cocktail corner. Listen, I worked my ass over that fucking Nutribullet. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> okay. And it was a delicious concoction. I've never and seen someone work a Nutribullet like you worked I know. It was amazing. And... And this is why I'm also going to give you a hard time for being a little shit to me. <laughs> I made a non-alcoholic version of this drink in solidarity for my husband who is not drinking alcohol because he's on medication. So I made a fun little drink that you and I could partake in without alcohol and we could still have a good time at the party. That actually that was that was very nice. So don't So I will I will humor you. So let's now go into the tasting <laughs> corner. Okay. Because I want to tell everybody about it because it was really fucking tasty. So I had this drink when I was in Cannes. <laughs> <laughs> Not the film festival. <laughs> the advertising thing. The adjacent. The adjacent festival. I was in the south of France, though, okay? A bitch was in the south of France. And it was this very refreshing summery drink that was like um, a cucumber, lime, and mint with ginger ale, and oh my God, it was so delicious. And it was my friend's birthday, and for some reason, I just thought, you know what? I'm gonna make this drink. It's gonna be my present to her. And what's great about it is you can add alcohol, you can add a little splash of vodka, or you can drink it without, and it's still great. All you do is you put the cucumber. Listen, I didn't use any me measurements. I was like winging it. I chopped up two <laughs> cucumbers, threw them in the magic bullet, added some lime, some mint, uh, pureed that stuff. And then all you do is you add it with some ginger ale and a little, a little sprig just to make it cute and a little, a little cucumber slice on the <laughs> rim of the glass. Oh my God, you are going to be in heaven. Make that this summer and uh, thank my taste corner. Ew, that sounds <laughs> Taste in my corner. <laughs> Taste my corner, bitch. That sounds really gross. Um, you were going to tell us about a drink, weren't you? Was I? Yeah, you were saying that you were going to make that um, a basil something. Oh, no, hibiscus lemonade, which oh. you can also do with vodka. So you just make lemonade, but um, while, you're, while you're doing the um, simple syrup, you just throw in some uh, dried hibiscus. Oh, my God, and that's where like, the flower sits at the bottom of the glass, all beautiful, right? Uh, you can, maybe. like, eat the hibiscus, right? You can, ultimately. I don't think I've tried that one. Oh. Uh, maybe, I don't know, like, fresh hibiscus? I don't know. Ooh. I use dried stuff because I can get it at the store. Oh, look at you. Yeah, it's good. Taste corner. <laughs> 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 or we could call it taste test. I haven't decided yet. Because mm. I thought maybe we could do, like, a segment, like a... A, Pat, um, a Chef Patrick segment since, you know. I, still, I don't know how to do that on a podcast. That sounds like the worst idea. I think that that's why it's so funny to have us, like, taste stuff and be like, you do not even know how good this tastes. <laughs> you can't see it. It's, you can't smell oh it. Oh, my God. You can't taste it. It smells so good. And, like, we just go on and on like that for, like, an extended period of time. I think it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious, too. In fact, that was my idea, if you remember. Okay, well, we should cut this part out so we don't give the idea away. Okay. So we can do it on another episode. Okay, just it's got to be way over the top, though. I love oh, it. Oh no, I want it to be so over the top. <laughs> I want people to be listening, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, wait, what's going on? I Are hate... they? Is that good? I can't tell. I hate them, and then be like, and then I roll, hate them. and then roll it like this. <laughs> so you're gonna roll it into this shape right here, like <laughs> something that you cannot see. Donald J. Trump, red, white, blue. Donald Trump will make America great for me and you. Red, white, and blue. Not black, not brown, not rainbow, not Mexican. Red, white, and blue. Okay, so um, we need an animal corner. Animal corner! Animal corner! Animal corner! 
you love that one. <laughs> I just love that she like it's like a yodel. It's so funny to me. So there's there's the potential the cockroach milk. What? Milk the milk of the Shut your what? Yeah. Are there, cockroaches have milk? Why? That's that's the most offensive part of this thing is that they're why are we talking the, about there are roaches out there lactating? That disgusts ew, me. Ew! Why? Wait! Why does what? I don't. Why are you telling me about cockroach milk? I don't know because someone told me about it, and now I feel like I need to infect you with this information. Well, what is it? It's milk from cockroaches. That's about all I know. I don't know how you milk a cockroach. I don't know why you'd milk a cockroach. Wait, but are people saying that they're going to drink this? So allegedly this stuff contain, is, is far more nutritious than cow's milk. But like... So we're supposed to... So people are going to start making fucking smoothies out of this stuff? I just like the idea, though. I do like the idea of like walking out into a big-ass barn and then there's like a two-foot-by-two-foot two box and like that's the whole roach farm. You know that's what I mean? So like, gross. You know, and that's like... that's Or... Or the thought of people like with little tweezers like milk and roaches. That's kind of adorable. That is disgusting. <laughs> no, it's, it's that is disgusting. It's, it's kind of what nightmares are made of. It is disgusting. <laughs> and honestly, if I ever meet someone who tries to give me a cockroach milk smoothie, milkshake, <laughs> I'm trying to think of like what else you make with milk. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even drink regular. You bake it into some muffins. No. Mm -mm. Mix it in some eggs, make them fluffy. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. I'm not going to do any of those things. And anyone who tries to come at me with some cockroach milk products of any kind, I'm going to fucking, they're going to get it. They're <laughs> going to get a face full of cockroach milk is what oh. they're going to get. I just couldn't believe this. Like, it's just... It's just like, how do people find this out? That's what's so disgusting. Like, how many nasty bugs did y'all try their milk before you figured out that the cockroach milk was the one that had some protein in it? Like, what the hell is wrong with you? How many bugs did you milk? Exactly. To figure out the cockroach milk was the best of the bug milk. Can you imagine walking in on your partner milking a cockroach? You're just like, honey, what are you doing? And they're like, close the door. I'll be out in a second. It's like, what's happening in there? <laughs> I'm doing some work. Like, no, you are milking a cockroach, <laughs> and that's disgusting. Oh God, this this is this has gone off the rails. I feel like, <laughs> I, honestly, though, here's the thing. Do we not have enough like nutritious food out there that that's we need what to I'm we need to keep exploring? Like, I mean, are we going to find out that like praying mantis eyes that have some special like vitamin A? Is there something really wrong with the whey protein shake? Because honestly, you can get them anywhere. You can get them at Walgreens now. You don't need extra protein from a cockroach. You really don't. Add an extra scoop. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> I think that should be the final word on this. Now I want to have a really serious conversation that truly could have been included in the apology corner, but I feel like Patrick is not ready to take responsibility. <laughs> Why is it always or, about what, I'm, what I'm I've done wrong? Because, well, maybe you stop fucking up. <laughs> um, I wanted to move into the corner about what we've been watching, but Patrick decided to take it upon himself last week and watch the entire season of Stranger Things on Netflix. Oh my God, it without, was so good. Without me... his wife. And I'm really, I don't even want to hear about how good it is. It's so good. It's I don't want to hear. Somebody pointed out that it's like a mashup of like, of Goonies, E.T., Goosebumps, um, X-Files. Winona Ryder is in it. Winona Ryder's in it. The kids in it are just so phenomenal. They're amazing. Fran, I wish, you I, could, seen I, wish it. I could talk about it because I haven't incredible. seen it. Incredible. <laughs> hey, you know what? You are not one to talk. You are not one to talk. We got halfway through the finale of House of Cards. Okay, wait, 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 You stopped watching House of Cards after season two, sir, and then you had no interest in watching season three or season four. So I watched season three. Get your head out of my face. Why are you putting your finger in my face? I want you to not open your mouth. Get your little tumor nail out of my face. I'm going to flick you off with this big rhinestone crusted nail. you can lift your finger with all that shit on it. I know. It's like a fucking workout. I'm kiosked my game up keep those fingers ah. swole with these rocks <laughs> listen i watched season three and season four 
of House of Cards on my own because you were not interested in watching any more of it. And then one day you slid up to me over on the couch and you were like, what are you watching? You watching some House of Cards? Can I watch with you? And I was like, yeah, you can watch with me even though you don't know what's going on because you haven't been watching. And then I fell, started to fall asleep during the finale. Yeah. And then, baby, I watched. I watched the second half of the season. I was all caught up. No, we were you watching were caught it. up. You we... were caught up. You didn't know what was going on. <laughs> yeah, I knew you exactly what was going on. You didn't know, and you still don't know. Okay, because you hadn't been watching, and you only wanted to watch. We watched it together, and we kept that pack to watch it together. Exactly. And then you decided. And then you didn't I was back on anymore. the train, and you and we got halfway through it. And you know what I did? You fell asleep on the couch. You know what I did? I could have finished the finale right there on my own by myself, but I didn't. I waited for you. I turned it off, and I waited for you. Waited for you like a good spouse does. Mm -hmm. And then what'd you do? You said you would wait for me when, we, when next time we talked. You actually said, hey, I'll wait for you to watch, finish watching the finale. And then did you? No, you didn't. And you know how I find out? You casually go, oh yeah, I finished the season. <laughs> like right in my face, just like that. It was pretty fucked up. It was pretty fucked up. So you Maybe don't get you to tell me about how like I should have run Stranger the, Things you by you. The whole I was sick with Lyme disease. The whole thing. You didn't watch one episode and tell me, oh, it's really good. I came home, I saw you watching it. You said, oh, it's really good. I really like it. And I was like, oh, shit, I would like to watch it. You were like, sucks for you, boo. I'm fucking on season. I'm like done. I'm like, what the fuck? That's right. That is what I said. And that's why I'm mad at you. I said, now get it. in the apology corner and tell me how no. sorry you are. No, you you belong in the apology. You corner know how hard it's been cards. for me to this. be at work with all of my coworkers talking about how good this show is, yeah. and all I can say is, yeah, my husband watched all of it without me, and I don't even know if it's good or not because he didn't wait for well, me. Woman, this is what happens when you test me by watching House of Cards. Now, lesson learned. I watched you know, Fran, 20 this, this minutes a, of the finale. I saw a teachable moment, Fran, and I jumped on it. Okay? That's what this was about? Mm-hmm. You're going to make me pay for watching 20 minutes of the finale of House of Cards, the finale of a show that, which you were not <laughs> caught up on. You didn't know what was happening. I had to give you cliff notes every single episode that you did decide to just casually drop into because you don't watch the show. And that's what we're watching this week. <laughs> well, I was talking to John the other day, and that's John Kinsley works down at the Piggly Wiggly. And he says to me, you know, Roy... Smith & Wesson need more semi-automatic rifles, you know. They don't have enough. They don't have enough diversity in their guns. I said, hell yeah, that's true. And he says, you know, Smith & Wesson also needs to make the cartridges for the MP10 so that they fit the MP15. And I said, shit, John, I thought you was talking about my boys. Because, you know, Smith & Wesson's my boys' names. <laughs> yeah. Well... I suppose that's all I came up here saying. Okay, so we are, we're trying to pick back up on the listener letters too. If you have questions for us, you can email us at lnbpodcast at gmail.com. This letter comes from Jake and it says, hey guys, I've got a question that specifically Francesca might be able to guide me through. I'm an illustrator and aspiring author, and when I'm creating characters, I always feel like I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. I want to make sure I have enough diversity and representation, but I also feel like I don't have the experience to speak for other minorities. I'm a gay white man, so I understand being a minority and the need for representation, but I'm also a gay white man, so I realize that I'm the most accepted of the minorities. I guess my question is, how do I go about creating a diverse cast of characters without misrepresenting them? And in parentheses, sorry if this is an ignorant question, which I've only added here because this is not an ignorant no, question. No, this is not an ignorant question at all. I think this is a great question, and I'm really happy to hear that you are thinking about this stuff because you're creating work that you want to reach a lot of different people, and so representation is important. Um, I think the thing is, is you can make characters diverse without their stories being about them being diverse. So for example, you can have a character that is LGBT, or you can have a character that's a person of color, or you can have a person with a disability, and their character does not have to be about 
their specific identity. They can be a teacher, they can be a friend, they can be a love interest, and their story does not have to center on like what their racial identity is or what their sexuality is or you know their physical ability or whatever it is. Um, I think that when you start trying to tell a story specifically about how that identity has shaped who they are, that's when you have to be a little careful. And usually the best thing to do is to include people from that community in your creative process. So whether it's looking for a person of color who can maybe help write some of your dialogue or take a look at it, I think that's a really great way to make sure that those characters are honest. But again, you can have a cast of characters that comes from all different walks of life, life and the story doesn't have to be about them being from those walks of life. They Absolutely. can just be normal people living their lives that just happen to be black or Latina or you know LGBT or whatever it is. You don't have to like overthink it. You can just tell a story and just happen to include lots of different types of people in the story. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I would add to that that representation really is about opening spaces so that people can represent themselves. It's not really about other people representing them for them. So you know, to the extent that you're your own author, you make your own content, stick to what you know just as a writer is, is sort of the name of the game, and then branch out from there. But you know, it's not your job to represent other people. It's our job as a community to make sure that all spaces are open so that everyone can, can stand up and represent themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, and the thing is, is there's really nothing wrong with being collaborative when it comes to stories that maybe you feel like this story really needs to be told, but I don't know how to do it. Well, if you're an illustrator, maybe there's an opportunity for you to work with an author that is a person of color, and you do the illustration part of it, and they actually write the story, and you guys do something together. And honestly, in terms of working as any type of artist, collaboration is huge. It can help you you know, get your work in front of more people. Uh, you can learn a lot of things. And I think that that is a really great way to kind of get your foot in the door and get a lot more exposure. So if that's something you haven't thought about before, outside of just thinking about trying to tell accurate stories, that's a really great way to enhance your own work and, and also just kind of get other opportunities to be seen by a larger audience. Thank you so much, Jake. Um, we hope that this helped, and uh, let us know what you think. And keep kicking ass. We're really proud of you. This is a great question. I've got a Florida man! Florida, Florida man! Word. Whoa, that was... Oh, was yeah. That? I, <laughs> I don't know where I was going. Oh, my God. Go okay. in the apology corner. Ugh. All right, so if you are new to our podcast, uh, Florida Man is a segment where... I give Florida Man is a segment where I bring Patrick four Florida Man headlines. Stop making those weird ass Florida faces. <laughs> I'm trying to throw you off your game. Yeah. Because I want to see you in the apology corner. Okay. Well, the listen. apology corner loves misery. No, company. Mm, yeah. The apology corner loves company. Stop trying to be slick and maybe you wouldn't be falling all over your words. So we are actually both from Florida. So we're not just shitting on Florida, but there are so many ridiculous stories that come out of our home state. And so in this segment, I read four Florida man headlines and Patrick, who is an actual Florida man, has to tell me which one of these headlines is fake. So you can play along with us. And you can also send us Florida Man headlines. I get so many from all of you, even though some of them are really gruesome and not right for this segment. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, somebody raped somebody. And I'm like, ooh, that doesn't fit Florida Man. It needs to be kind of weird and gruesome, but not, you know, devastating uh, yeah. and bad. But yeah. please, play along at home. It's super fun. Are you ready, Patrick? I'm ready. All right. Headline number one. Florida Man released from jail when police realized meth was actually donut crumbs. Oh, yeah, I something you, you know why I believe this one I believe this this is real because police are stupid no not because the police are stupid but because they probably said they thought it was meth but really just arrested the guy because they felt like arresting arresting him all right headline number two Florida man claims Beyonce told him to put hot sauce bottle in his rectum Beyonce told him to do this mm, yeah I'm gonna keep that one in the pocket I'm not really sure about that one that one sounds suspicious number three Florida man shoots at teenagers hunting Pokemon outside his home. I believe that, absolutely. Number four, Florida teacher arrested after asking if he can share pictures of his penis during school board meeting. Asking who, the, the school board, if he can share pictures of his penis? 
Yeah, arrested after asking. With who? With the school or with the board? I'm just reading the headline. <laughs> it's up to you, Florida man, to decide okay. if it's real or not. Okay? Well, it makes a difference. Stop fishing because I'm not helping you. All right? I'll read it again. Okay. Florida teacher arrested after asking if he can share pictures of his penis uh, okay. during school board meeting. Okay. I, I, I think it's between the, uh, the guy that thinks Beyonce told him to put a bottle of hot sauce up his ass and, uh, and the, the guy at the school board that asked the, if he could share pictures of his penis. So um, which one is the fake one? I'm going to go with the hot sauce. You are correct. Boom. I knew you couldn't resist a Beyonce headline. Oh, I should have known better. I thought it was going to be, you know, like hot sauce in my bag, swag. I thought like, you know. You think I know Beyonce way better than I do. Didn't you have a, um, a uh, slanguage beef for me? I, uh, I do, actually. Your slanguage bee for the day. Wait. If you're not familiar with slanguage bee. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's good. That's good. If you're not familiar with slanguage bee, it's a phrase we made up that makes little sense but refers to a game we play where we quiz each other on popular slang. Usually Fran asks me because I don't know a whole lot of slang and I'm not really up to date on pop culture. Uh, but today, I have one for Fran. And Fran, the slanguage bee for the day is how sway. Now, I have a question for you. Do you know what this means? Or are you asking me because you don't know what <laughs> it means? Because <laughs> I know what this means. I was, it's, yeah, it's an honest question. I want, you don't I just, know? <laughs> I, don't wanna, I was going to tell you you were right no matter what. Because <laughs> I just assumed you knew. Okay, so I don't know the full context for the phrase, but I know enough of it. So... Um, Sway is a radio DJ. He used to be uh, on MTV. Have okay. you ever heard of Sway? Before? Yes, actually, I think I have. He used to have really long dreadlocks. He doesn't anymore, but he always wears like a big head wrap thing. Um, and so he has a radio show actually at Sirius, Sirius, where we used to record, like right next to where we used to record. And he was interviewing Kanye West. And I don't remember what they were talking about, but Kanye West was getting really frustrated. And his response to Sway was, how Sway? How Sway? Like he was, he was like, like, explain it to me. How is that possible? So now when something is just absolutely ridiculous, you can't understand why someone would do something or like, or why something turned out this way, people go, how Sway? Ah, okay. Yeah, now I know are, how to use it. So, so if I see US. something ridiculous enough, mm -hmm. so ridiculous, right. I can say how sway. Right. And it's kind of a rhetorical, like, what the fuck? Like, what, what are you even thinking? Like, how is that possible? Like, uh, why is that a thing? See, I'm glad I asked because this one, this when one, like. When did you see it? I see it on Twitter every once in a while. People just throw a how sway in there. And, I, and it's just. I would have never been able to figure this one out, like, you know, like reverse engineer it from mm -hmm. how I see it used or use context clues or whatever. Yeah, because it kind of stands alone. It. it stands alone. It's usually, like I said, in response to something really ridiculous and just bad. And it, it usually has to be accompanied with that look of like, really? Like, houseway? <laughs> um, that's where houseway comes in. Thank you. I we learn got, something new every day. We sure do. <laughs> All right, so that wraps up this week's episode of Last Name Basis. We would love to hear from you. So you can tweet us individually at Cheska Lee. A tie optional. Or you can use the hashtag Last Name Basis or tweet us Last Name underscore Basis. We want to know what you thought of this week's episode. And you can send us Florida mans, Florida womans, Florida people. You can generally pat us on the back for making an episode if you feel so inclined. You can send Send us gifts of how excited you were. <laughs> and uh, yes, I think that that's it. You know what? I got to say, we came back strong. <laughs> Let's not talk about it. Let's let them decide. Okay, okay. I'm Francesca. I'm Patrick. And this was Last Name Basis. We fucked up. We fucked up. We so sorry. We fucked up. We fucked up. We so sorry. We fucked up. We fucked up. We so sorry. We fucked up. And we want to apologize to you. I mean, sorry. Well, I didn't say it was. I'm sorry that I couldn't write a good fucking, like, racist poem 
for a fucking Republican bigot. Like, you know what? I feel good about the fact that I'm not good at that. You know what? I work in fucking late night. I don't need this shit. I don't need this. I have a job and a trending topic on Twitter. I don't know if you know me, but look up GIF Oscars and learn about me, bitch. Because I'm fucking famous and my GIFs are legendary. And my Republican poems suck a butthole. And I'm proud of that. Because I can't even get my mind around the types of dumbasses that would say that shit. Mic drop. Put that in your little podcast. We fucked up. We fucked up. We so sorry. We fucked up. We fucked up. We so sorry. We fucked up. We fucked up. We so sorry. We fucked up. And we want to apologize to you. <laughs> you got to make sure to tell people how to email us also. Okay, so you can email us. No, no, start the whole thing over. <laughs> You're just like pulling my string. You just enjoy like manipulating to... me. And you said you're going to say you're trying to help me. <laughs> I know you love this phrase. You love telling me how much you're trying to help me. But I don't think you're helping me, Fran. I think you're just sucking my like joy out of life and feeding off it like some monster and stranger things, which you don't know anything about. Too far. Oh, was too that was far. too far, okay? <laughs> Intro the goddamn listener letters. Didn't, can I keep what I have? Yeah, go ahead. I mean, you'll use that. I'm sure it'll be funny. <laughs> anyway, this letter comes from Jake. You have to tell them that they can email us. If you have letters for it, if you <laughs> If you have. <laughs> we fucked up. We fucked up. We so sorry. I don't we think so. Up. But at we the end, I was just like laughing. You're so going, sorry. Mm-hmm. We fucked up. We fucked up. We so sorry. We fucked up. And we want to apologize to you.